in this episode. In this episode of the Ins and Outs podcast, myself and Jacob talk about stepping out of your comfort zones, but you must make sure you do it wearing really nice shoes. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you sometimes. <laughs> Why? Because you better go like, we talk about this. And talk oh, about sorry. That. In this episode of the Internet's podcast, me and Jacob talk about stepping out of your comfort zones. Make sure you wear really nice shoes when you do it because it's always going to make it feel a little bit better because you're going to like how you look. It's going to make you feel cooler. That's a good point. Should that's have said a good that. point. Should, Should have said, said that, that earlier. Um we talk about the benefits of we talk about the benefits of stepping out of your comfort zone and overcoming them. We also talk about our experience being guest speakers at a live podcast with the capsule. And we talk about our fears and how we're gonna overcome them. Come on, Susie. Come on, Susie. We talk about Susie as well. <laughs> hey, there you go. Enjoy. What's up everyone? We're back. Episode two. Am I keeping that in? What? Am I keeping that no. in? <laughs> I'm keeping that in. No, because I got No, Arabic. this is my way to sabotage you over the years. Because I got Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get done. No, you won't. <laughs> I'll get done <laughs> by on. the PC police. <laughs> Someone will be offended. I would. Right, we're starting again. Five, four, three, two. Just make it clap. Just make it clap. Why are you doing duck lips? <laughs> <laughs> they can't see it because the mic's in the way, can they? Let's go. Right, I was making the oh, noise. You're making it clap. Just make it clap. Yeah. Nice. So we're back. We're doing episode two of the day because uh, <coughs> I'm always away <laughs> and we're always busy. We're always so busy. Slamming them in while we can. And in this episode, I hope you've all had a wonderful week, by the way. And thank you if you came to my class on Friday. I have another <laughs> class uh, this Friday, Friday the 28th. Wow, Base, shameless. Please come uh, and train and support me and help me buy some more trainers. <laughs> and you don't want to add that part in. I promise you, you will find benefit from coming to my class. Facts. Yeah, actually, I, I would do. I would do like a fully like get a refund if you don't have a good time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I believe in that. Yeah, you know, someone would just say they didn't like it. They yeah, just, just the money back. But I would, I would bet that they like it. Give me my nine bucks. But they have to like do a full like two page essay why <laughs> why they didn't like it. Why they didn't like it. How much is it? Be- ten quid, eleven quid, ten or eleven, ten eleven, something like that. Nice. It's okay. It's okay. Hour and a twenty-five minutes. Hour and twenty-five. Five minute changeover. Nice. Yeah, worth it. Go yeah. get go get training. Friday, five thirty. Friday. Funky Fridays. And warm up is gonna be it's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday. What? It's not. <laughs> I was gonna Wait. say it never will be. No, it's, well, it's not gonna be that. Anywho, we're back. We back and in this episode we are gonna talk about stepping out of your comfort zones. Nicely done, Jacob. I was waiting. The cue is there. Uh, Jacob was ready. So uh, we're going to talk about stepping out of your comfort zones because I feel like it's something... Essential. It's something essential. It's most definitely essential. It's also something which can be quite terrifying, mm-hmm. yet the benefits are outrageous. Outrageous. The growth is Ooh, exponential. It's like, can I start with a quote? Wait. It's like, <laughs> no. But it's like, wait. <laughs> stepping so out of your comfort zone is like steroids... For your brain. Let's go. Come on now. Come on now. It'll make you 80% better. Did a percentage because you like percentages. Gains. Uh, stepping out of your comfort zone will 100% make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. 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 Come on. Susie. Really? Come on, Susie. Come on, Susie. I didn't tell you my Susie story. 
Okay, let's start with Susie's story. So my new thing that I do is I go, come on, Susie. And you're talking to a Susie by any chance. Wait. Wait. So I don't know how, I don't even know how come on Susie has happened. It was, come on now. I've, I've adopted it as well. It, it was, come on, come on now. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's, come on, Susie. So I've been doing it in every class that I teach. And then the other day I went, come on, Susie. And a girl looked at me with the biggest smile on her face. She's called Susie. Yo, Susie and she's like 18, 19. Yes. You sure? 100%. Yeah, there's no Susie. the register. <laughs> Name Susie. She looks so happy. They finished dancing. I went, come on, Susie. She was like, I was like, oh, how do I say not you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not that I, she wasn't wow. good, but I didn't mean Susie, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry for this tragic behaviour. I'm so sorry too. <laughs> but I didn't mean come on, Susie, about her in that <laughs> yeah. moment. I just meant there is the, the general... The general context the general of Susie. The general context of Susie's in the room. <laughs> but she thought I meant her. Yeah. I didn't have the heart to tell her. No, you just did. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on, okay, what's Okay, my quote? <laughs> Everything you have ever wanted is just on the other. Hand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't trust They're you. open. I promise. <laughs> Everything you have ever wanted is just on the other side of fear. Ooh, and it's true. One million dollars. Maybe not. <laughs> to be two inches taller. <laughs> Paid. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> how do I? How is that the other side of fear? Well, it's not on the other side of fear. I don't fear being short. Oh, okay, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good quote, bro. No, I, 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 it's something that I have to really like step back into and like go. Or if I'm feeling anxious or worried about it, I'm going. There's something better on the other side of this. Mm, you nice. Know? Okay, so what was the last time you stepped out of your comfort zone? Uh, it's been quite a lot of videography jobs lately, where I'm just turning up, not actually knowing what the fuck I'm doing. Mm. Is um, that because it's out of your comfort zone, or you're underprepared? Comfort zone, because I don't actually, I don't know how to prepare for it. Like, I prepare in every way that I know how to. I watch YouTube videos. I make sure mentally, I'm, you're mentally men- I'm mentally there. Like, I'm ne- you, you know me, bro. I'm never turning up. Yeah, I know, but not, they don't. I'm just... That's true. I'm never turning up <laughs> not knowing what's going on or, like, not having thought about it. But, like... I do. <laughs> um, especially in videography world, like, mm. I really have to think about that because there's so much to think about. Like, I've never not turned up with the right equipment, et cetera. Um, but i tell you what, one that we haven't spoken about is um, I felt very uncomfortable doing that live podcast that we did quite recently. We did. We both felt very uncomfortable. So we were invited to speak at the Capsules one year anniversary live podcast. So big shout out to Luke and his team. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very, very grateful to be invited. And we actually had a really, really lovely time. Apart from the trains. <laughs> trains were a fucking nightmare, but that's another day. That's another day. Um, but Fuck we're so TFL. grateful to come. <laughs> and the fact that you'd even consider us. But. <laughs> no, no, but... <laughs> No, no. However. No, however. Nicely however. done. However. I got you, Holmes. Stepping out of our comfort zones. Holy freaking moly. Mm. So I feel like we weren't nervous leading up to it at all. And then we were on the train. We weren't nervous. And then I feel like we got on the bus. <laughs> yeah. We got on the bus going towards in. The fear started to kick in a little bit. And I said, I, it might be partially my fault, but I said, I'm nervous because this isn't our demographic. Mm-hmm. Even though it's dance. So it is our demographic. It's not within our a normal realm normal realm of people that we would maybe talk to or engage with on a teaching or podcasty level because it you know is a very uh freestyle hip-hop underground freestyle heavy audience and you know yeah it's a battle scene wasn't it yeah that's neither of us 
even though Jake does like to freestyle, but I haven't liked it. <laughs> um, but it definitely wasn't our audience. And I said to you, I feel like we're going to be the opening act at a concert that everyone is paid to go and see like Little Mix and we're the <laughs> opening act and no one's going to listen. No. It's just going to be background noise um, and no one's there for us and so no one's going to give a shit. Nope. And as soon as I thought that, as soon as I... And then you vocalized it as well. As soon as I implemented that little bit of doubt in my own brain and then vocalized it, bitch, like oxygen was like water to it. It just, I got more scared as the minutes went on. And then even when we arrived at the at the venue, it became even more intimidating because it was such an amazing venue. Yeah, it's lovely. It was so beautiful. And something about it being so beautiful made me more nervous. Yeah, because you know it wasn't like some D-tier level production. It was like Yeah, it's like he's putting loads of effort into this and it's a big deal. And I don't know, I felt really scared. And then we were, we were waiting. We both had a beer before we started. And as we were doing Jordan, it, yeah. we opened it. And then... You know, and one beer and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then people started walking in, like you know, Kenrick Sandy walked in. Who, if you don't know, you need to know. Like he's one of my idols. Like he's someone I've looked up to for a very, very long time in the dance world. Um, and then Dylan Mayrell. May I think that's how you pronounce it. Mayrell, Mayrell, Mayrell. Sorry, Dylan. sorry, Dylan. Dylan, <laughs> uh, Dylan walked in, and you know, another really like big name in the dance space, and mm, someone that we hitter. both kind of like look, kind of look up to. Mm on not just the dance level, but on his mind and stuff like that. And he's someone that we've always wanted to talk to on the podcast. And then other dancers were walking in that I recognized from like the battle scene and stuff. And I know they're a big deal. And then by the time we started the podcast, I was terrified. I could hear the nerves in my voice. Which actually, funny enough, goes very hand in hand with what we were just talking about in the previous pod mm. about there being a camera and it's like permanent. But it wasn't the camera that scared me. No, it was the audience. It was the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the the kind of things we were going to talk about. I didn't know if it would relate, if they would relatable. care. Yeah, I, yeah. I, not that it wouldn't be relatable. I just didn't know if they would care to be interested in it. It was quite a brave topic. So we, what we spoke about was um, uh, pivotal, pivotal moments in your life that created monumental change. That well was, remembered. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah. And, it, you know, at the time, I felt like we were talking complete and up a, a gibberish. <laughs> I know I um, was. You weren't, you weren't, but we felt like we were. I got real deep and I didn't mean to, but I'm not. we're not going to tell you all about it because I'd love you to just go and listen to it mm -hmm. on um, the Capsules platform on their YouTube. Well, yeah, well, I listened to it back and actually I was, I was like, yo, we actually made a lot of sense. Like, it was really good. Um, and I didn't sound as scared as I felt. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, our poker faces were really good, even though I was shitting it and terrified. But um, yeah, that was the biggest. That was the most uncomfortable I've felt in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that was a. It's not something that we ever do. There's a real big difference between. And again, it goes, it goes, okay, I'm going to loop into this in a second. But there's something to, something to massive to say about volume of something that you do daily. So for example, you often perform in front of people as a dancer, but you don't public speak in front of other people. I and do so in this front of the classroom, but it's teaching, it's different. It's different. And it's not like you can be so loose in a classroom environment. Do you know what mm. I mean? Where like this felt like it was a completely new environment. And I think that's the main fear, thing surrounding fear is the unknown. Mm. And I think there's something to do with a uh, um, guy called James Smith, which is a PT, but he also... Um, I like James. 
yeah, he talks sort of, it, very blunt talking, but anyway, he says, most things are based on the volume of how much you do something. And he gave the two examples of, he can walk onto stage and with no preparation and do a public talk. But if he asked a girl out at the bar, asking the girl out the bar would make him feel way more scared mm. because he has 100 times more volume doing the public, public speaking, speaking than asking the girl out the bar. Mm. And that really resonated. I was like, oh, is fear and volume go hand in hand? Yeah. Are they counter... Um, Counterlinked because the more you do something, the less scary it becomes. <coughs> scary it is. And that that for us is very uncomfortable because a we've never really spoken in front of other people on that capacity, but b it's not our it's not our people. You know, it's not yeah. our usual demographic. And I think because there was no rapport built beforehand, mm. whereas a lot of the time when I public speak, I've you've taught, I've taught, or, or I've done a dance class, or I've met them before. <coughs> like so, where there was no rapport with these people, and then. It was really hard to gauge how they how us. they perceived us because Counting it wasn't annoy me. because yeah. it wasn't uh, interactive. We didn't interact with them in the sense that we didn't ask them questions and we didn't like you know it wasn't a Q and A. It wasn't we're all involved in this. It was us to speak and them listen. But as soon as we started getting some feedback, like as I soon as there was reactions and yeah. like people giggled or someone like like someone clapped or someone said something or even I heard a noise. I started going, oh, they're in the room. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're still <laughs> they're like here. Us. Like, they're still well, that's here. That's interesting. If we had an hour to socialize beforehand. beforehand and then did the talk, how would have that gone down? Maybe that's it would have made us feel more comfortable. Maybe, maybe, maybe mm. feel more comfortable. But we could have walked around at the beginning and interact with, with, with everyone. But I think because we were nervous, we were trying to get in the right headspace. Yeah, which actually probably. So I was mentally preparing myself. Yeah, whereas yeah. probably what I'd done would have done us favors is go around the room and. Introducing Introduce themselves and loosen yeah. up a bit so Lesson then we learned. weren't complete strangers from the jump. Lesson learned. Yeah. But overcoming that or stepping out of our comfort zone and going and doing that, what benefits did you feel from it? So benefits is you don't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like again we kinda of touched on this on the podcast just gone. It's like nothing really happens by going wrong. Like I'd said a quote wrong twice. I never actually said the quote right ever. I realized, listen to that podcast. Yeah, and no one cared. No one cared. Because we still know what you meant. Yeah, because I was still given the, the right context off, just for a, a looser way. But it's like, you walk away from that situation and you go to bed and nothing really changes. Yeah. And I've spoken about this on the podcast. I always say the what next or the what if uh, idea. And you always go, okay, so what happens next? Yeah. And then you answer and go, oh, I feel embarrassed for a minute. What happens next? Oh, I get over it. You know, and it's like it kind of reinforced that idea of like being a little bit embarrassed in front of a public. It's not actually a bad thing. No. If anything, it's quite a good thing. And actually, thing. now I think if we had to go and do it again, I would feel far, I'd still feel nervous, but I'd feel far less nervous. I'd feel far less nervous. Because we've like, we've done it. Like, that was our cherry popper. Like, <laughs> we lost our virginity, that one. We did. It was terrifying. It was. And it didn't, wasn't as quick as I thought it'd be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we actually did okay. No, but it's only two and, minutes. And like, uh, and then even after, like, you know, people said, well done, and they enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's then what made me go, oh, I wish you'd had, like, a well done sign that you could have put up halfway through. <laughs> or, like, Keep after going. the first three minutes. Yeah, like, I'm having fun. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or just smiled at me. Like, because it's really weird, right? So I couldn't really look at, see their faces very much. And I was trying maybe not to look, so I was trying not to let it put me off. But I think as soon as I remember looking across and seeing Sean, Amy, 
um, from Plague, Popper, and seeing him nodding his head and smiling. And straight away I felt calmer because mm. I was like, there's feedback. You yes. know what I mean? There's, there's, a, there's a reaction. Whereas I think because I was afraid to look for reaction, mm. I made it harder for myself. I made it more difficult. Whereas you said you were looking at them quite intently. Looking, and which actually threw me off at first because there was no reaction for the first 10 minutes. Mm. And so I was just looking around and I was like, Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> was just staring, staring at Staring. But what I was looking for was people looking away, not looking uh, To see if people were zoning out. And if they were on the phones. No one went on their phones. Mm. Everyone was engaged. And that began to build up that confidence level. Mm. You know. And then even we had some messages after it saying that they really enjoyed mm-hmm. it and like stuff like that. So thank you to those who messaged. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That really made us feel better about it. But I would actually love to do it again. Now we've done it. Absolutely. And some, some of that um, on the topic of stepping out of your comfort zone is, I think, okay, we're going to go deep. Where our society has got so comfortable. Have you heard the quote? Let me rewind back even further. Have you heard the quote? Hard times create strong men. Yes, Joe Rogan's famous quote. It's not actually about him. He always says it. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Weak men create hard times. Yeah, thank you. So it's like this kind of continuous loop in society. Yeah. And I feel where we are now is it's easy times. And I'm not, obviously there's a pandemic and there was economic downfall now and blah, 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 blah. But it's almost like we're now creating the weak times. Yes. Sorry, the hard times, sorry. Yeah, because we've become because it's come too easy. weaker people. And I think there's this massive link between being continually out of your comfort zone and conquering those comfort zones and mental health benefits. Mm. Like, I think where our society has become so uh, standardized and... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like a continuous cycle of the same kind of day yes, in, day out. Structured. Structured, yeah. It's like none of us are ever, I feel like a lot of us are not stepping out of a comfort zone, which then became, becomes harder to step out of your comfort which zone. Which then creates things like anxiety. Anxiety, and et cetera. You know, all those things which come with it because you're so used to feeling safe. Safe, yeah, yeah. as soon as you're going to feel a little bit unsafe, that terrifies you. That terrifies you. And something that I I did I said this on a podcast like a few months ago. Like I went and did that. It's quite uh, aggressive climbing weekend where it was stupidly dangerous. <laughs> shouldn't have probably done it. No, you shouldn't have. It was very stupid. Um, and but what that gave me was a level of um, measurement of fear, discomfort, safety anxiety etc because it was the week before we did the live podcast yes it was the weekend yeah. before so when going into this podcast i had a a relevant thing to go oh actually i was inside of a cliff on the verge of dying last weekend yeah yeah this doesn't feel anywhere near as bad and so it gave me like this kind of unit of measurement to balance out how i should be feeling in that mm. time because i think like if you have a very normal life of just going to the office and then going home and blah 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 like and then you go and do something uncomfortable like a public speaking job all of a sudden you've gone from zero to 100 and 100 feels really fucking scary. Mm. But if you do a couple of things, 50, 80, 90, you know, out of your comfort zone, then you go to 100, it's no longer a jump. Yeah. So now I'm consciously thinking, okay, let's do stuff regularly that makes me feel uncomfortable. uncomfortable. I feel like growing up, I was always putting myself in those positions. Yeah. Like I went to... But like as an adult, you don't as much. 
I don't now because now my life has, actually. but my life has more structure now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like when I first, uh, I did a TV show in Spain, mm-hmm. um, called Operation Triunfo, and uh, go again, Operation Triunfo, and uh, Ote. That's what they used to call it. Right. And so it was like X Factor kind of. Right. And I went there and I was going to live with a guy called George. No idea who he was. And I got off my plane at Barcelona and I asked someone how I got to that area and got the public transport all the way there, pulling my suitcase. Hadn't looked at it beforehand. Hadn't prepped how I was going to get there or anything. And everyone was like, wait, so you just got to Barcelona <laughs> and then figured out how you're going to get there. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and everyone was mind boggled. But I was so used to like being like that. Like even <laughs> when I moved to LA, I moved to LA and I lived in Koreatown. I didn't even know where Koreatown was, but I was going to live in Koreatown and I hadn't planned how I was going to get to my house. Just took a flight where away. I was go- just took a flight to LA, <laughs> got off the plane with two suitcases and everyone was like, you're going to get a taxi. And I was like, nah, I want to like learn public transport. Mm. What a better way to learn than now. Like, so I, you have to, cause I have to. You're not getting there. yeah, so I figured it out by public transport and then I ended up walking for like an hour, pulling two suitcases, which wasn't fun, but I learned my way around Koreatown. Yeah, yeah. Like I got from LAX to my house and to, you know, to some people that is absolutely outrageous. Like why on earth would you do that? Especially with the way our lives work, having social, uh, not social media, our phones. Yeah. And having everything done for us, like mm. everything I never did. And then I think back to like being in LA and not really knowing anyone and not really having many friends and go into uh, like different events to meet people or like, so like some really dope dancers, uh, Tony Bellissimo, Matt Elwood and Ivan Kamwe have had a, a house party and I only knew Matt mm. and I went to their house party. I'd only been in LA like a week and I went to their house party and met like not hundreds, Everyone. but loads of people within the dance industry and it was terrifying. But I knew if I wanted to make this place feel like a comfortable place to be, I had to go and make friends. So I had to go through those uncomfortable moments. Do you know what I mean? And introduce myself and be the new British guy and like do all those things. Whereas now as an adult, or an older adult, I was an adult then, I don't, I'm not in those positions as much anymore now. Because and you control the narrative a lot more. I control the narrative. And when I go into a room to teach or to speak, it's by someone else's request. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not, I have to do this. I have to make this choice to go in there of people, like people re- I'm paid to go in there or people come into my room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the difference now. So even my life has <coughs> got safer, so we so to speak. So going into that environment and having to speak in front of all those people felt terrifying. Whereas actually, I think maybe a few years ago, that wouldn't have scared me as much because I was so used to going in and having to make friends. Mm. Whereas I don't make friends anymore. Like I don't, go and, but I don't go yeah. and meet like lots of new people anymore. I go no. and teach, and that's not the same thing. So I always used to overcome these like scary things, which felt scary, and now I don't. And so it becomes harder, way harder. Something that um that clicked in my mind is there's this I- idea in certain very aggressive business strategies to never have a plan B. Mm-hmm. So that plan A has to that's work. The sto- that's my story of my life. Yes, never, never which kind of, as you were saying, the story about going to Spain and uh, LA, etc. is like, you you absolutely had to work it out. There was no, there's no other option. No. no. You know, and that's um, quite uh, interesting. There's, there's something that I learned in a martial art called Wing Chun, which is a shit martial art, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> they learn that <clears throat> having your back up against the wall is actually a good thing mm. because you know there's no other way someone can attack you. Mm. And I've kind of adopted that to business sometimes or like 
uh, strategies for overcoming stuff. Like, okay, my back's up against a wall, which means I, I can only go forward, which is mm. quite a comfortable feeling because it's like I no longer have to spend energy thinking of what's here. I just think of energy, what's mm. going to help me go forward. Yeah. So let's translate that into like maybe moments that the listeners might like relate to. So like say it's going into a new dance class. Like that is a style of dance that you're really terrified of. Mm. Like it's only going to be that scary the first time. Yeah. Unless something outrageously traumatic happens <laughs> in that class. Do you know what I mean? Fall like, over, break your or, leg. Yeah. Lost. Or you have a horrendous teacher who makes it a real bad experience and makes the next time going back even more scary. But if they're that bad of a teacher, then you won't go back. Yeah. Not into that room anyway. Do you know what I mean? But like, they're only, like you said earlier, it's within volume. It's mm -hmm. only, it gets less scary the more you do, the it. More you do it. So like, I always use like the analogy, like I went and did tap, class with 10 year olds like as a 30 year old professional dancer i went into a tap classroom with, with a bunch of 10 year olds and they all looked at me like i was an idiot and they laughed was it a nice feeling nope. no but i was never gonna get better unless i did it so if i go and do it again it's not gonna be as scary because i can now do a pickup like <laughs> I, I can now, I can do, now do a shuffle i can now do the thing that i went in there to learn yeah, something yeah. of right so it's less scary and it's familiar it becomes familiar. Like, so what other things would, that, like, maybe stepping out of your comfort zone might be like, I don't know, going to get new headshots. I bet some people that's the most daunting thing ever. So then do it more. Mm. You, not necessarily go and pay for them, but, like, set up your camera on your phone. Practice, like, Just posing, do headshots. Like, so it doesn't feel, like, new every time. And I think it, I don't even think it has to always be, like in the direction of where you're going, like as a dancer, for example, let's say you went and did a completely different, I'm just gonna use the example of rock climbing because it's what I've been doing lately, like going to do something that completely feels unnatural and uncomfortable can still build the fear control muscle, let's call it. Mm. Like the ability to like control anxiety and like stepping into new environments. I think it has carry over to every sector of your life. Like, I don't know, let's say you went speed dating, <laughs> you know it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. something that feels so like Ugh. yeah the skills that you're going to develop doing that doing speed dating might carry over to the ability to talk to a choreographer in, uh, most in, definitely. in a class do you know and most it's like definitely <laughs> such a random example no but I like it it's good I you, like you know, it's going like, and something that I've I think about it's like every element of my life has built to being able to do this part of my life like yeah. as an example of this is like I was a my first ever job as a hairdresser. That gave me such an extreme amount of volume of being able to speak to people. Because it's every 30 minutes speaking to someone new. Someone new. So it gave me insane volumes of, so now I feel comfortable talking to anyone yeah. because I have that volume behind me. And then that led to being a salesman, which then led to being a PT, yeah. which then led to being a podcaster. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. every, that's even though it's a skill from a completely different realm, there's always transferable skill. A transferable skill, you know? And I think if you are struggling with being able to step into new environments, recognize it and then go and do as many new things as possible. Mm. Is there anything that scares you now? Like, like what would Are we talking like you... fucking spiders or? No, like... no, no. Like, oh, oh, maybe. But like, what would make you like, what would be now stepping out of your comfort zone, do you think? Like that you can think of off the top of your head. I mean, dance is my most uncomfortable place. Really? Yeah. I don't know why I went so high pitched then. Really? <laughs> like, if I was, like, I hate dancing groups still. I'm way better than I used to be, but I just 
Mm. That's not where I feel comfortable. Which is interesting because that's how you became a cameraman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I turned that negative actually into you a turned your fear of doing groups into getting into out of groups and saying, <laughs> can I film for you? Yeah, that was my get out. Did, yeah. did, I, did you clock that or did, did I tell you? Of course you? I clocked it. Okay. <laughs> so for, I did say to you, I'd rather you dance, but yeah. if you want to film, of course you can film. Yeah, like for context, like I used and to then, And then you were good and I was like, oh, bro, you should actually. <laughs> Let's go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think, so like, like to continue leaning into the example of like, I, for me, public speaking was always a challenge mm. or to be seen by multiple people was always a challenge. So then I started doing like social media videos of me talking about like philosophy and ideas and business ideas and blah, 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 blah. And again, just increasing that volume of the things that make you feel uncomfortable mm. no longer makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm. You know, like again, going back to the podcast, it's like when I first started, I felt super uncomfortable. And now it's just another day of the week. It's just yeah. part of the, because it's increasing the net volume. Mm. I think for me, the uncomfortable thing would be having to do uh, public speaking about something that I don't know really well. Right. So if you did public speaking, let's say you got asked to do a TED Talk. Do you know what TED Talks is? Yes, of course. So if you did TED Talks on how to be a successful dancer. I think I'd be okay though because be okay. it's something I know. But so it's not the public talking, it's the unfamiliarity. Yes, the unfamiliarity. I don't think that's even a word. It's that. It's if that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like little things like that in certain environments, I'd feel so stupid <laughs> for not being able to say that word in a place talking about something I don't know. Mm. Whereas if we were talking about dance, I wouldn't care because I'd be like, I can't say that word, but guess what? I really know this, so who cares? Yeah. Like that's not my value. That's not my strength. So but if I can't bring my strength to the table... That terrifies me. Yeah, which is makes total sense. Yeah, you know, of course. Like, but that would be like you know. Okay, so if you were to lean into something that you felt uncomfortable with, how would you deal with it? Shot of alcohol, deep. Breaths. <laughs> Shot of alcohol, deep breaths. Well, and go uh, that's a split. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would just only probably have a shot of alcohol to calm the nerves. Really. Mm. and that's something i've learned through dance environments and being around people who i look up to and that's what they do to calm their (laughs) nerves okay i'm surprised it takes the edge off a little bit right yeah i think for me it's like it's just recognizing that on the other side of this isn't isn't as bad as you think it is like and my my understanding of anxiety is anxiety is are uh, um, us not trusting that we can deal with the situation. Yes. Which is kind of, there's the root cause of most anxiety is like not not trusting that we can, as I said, deal with a situation that's in front of us. Mm. And my experiences now tell me that I can deal with most situations mm. pretty well. I just think for me, as long as I'm the, in the, like the loosest and the most relaxed I can be, the better I'm going to. Better going to be gonna be yeah. there's i like having a little bit of excitement and a little bit of nervousness but if i'm feeling like tense or like really anxious like we were for the public speaking thing that's not where i thrive no like i need to feel loose if i loosen up i'm fine so like in lockdown when i was doing the zooms or i wasn't even doing zooms i was doing instagram live podcasts <laughs> do you know what i mean so yeah. I was doing a podcast with people i idolized on instagram while everyone was sat at home i would always have a drink before it because i know then i'm gonna just relax i'm gonna feel loose and I'd be like, I'm having a drink in my house talking to my heroes. Like, this isn't scary. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas actually, 
it's quite terrifying. Yeah. Because I'm doing it for anyone and their dog to watch. Like, I remember doing Nick DeMora and CJ Salvador and Justin Bieber signing in and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, that is hmm. scary. No, I think... So, as long as I can get myself loose. Do you, do you have an internal narrative that helps support Indeed. stepping into uncom? So, like, as an example, like, what I was just saying earlier is, like, I've now got the volume of experiences behind me that suggest that I can deal with most situations well, which d- d- kind of um, deteriorates the anxiety. So for me, my internal narrative now is when stepping into a position that I don't understand or don't feel comfortable with is in, I can work it out. Yeah. Well, my internal message that I give to myself always and is taught from my mum is, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Or my other one, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Like, they're my two go-tos. Like, I'll be like, right, I have to just do this. What's the worst that can happen? Mm. And And I think once you identify what's the worst can happen, you realise very quickly that, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. No. And you're just uncomfortable. You're just uncomfortable. It's only you. And that will pass. Yeah. And that that's the thing. I think what we what we suck as as human beings is not recognizing that shit isn't permanent. Yeah. So if you're feeling sad, depressed, anxiety anxious, like whatever, whatever, like probably by the end of the day or the day after that, it's probably gonna have gone. Mm. But we get locked into headspace of that this is a permanent experience and feature. Yeah, and it defines you. And it defines you. But it really doesn't. But it doesn't. Fun fact. Go on, here's a guess. How many so I started dancing at 21. How many cl- times did I turn up for the same dance class before I walked through the door? Oh, probably like four. Four. Was it, yeah. Four times. I got to the front door, because this is like, this, I was a very different headspace at 21. It took me four times to walk through the, through the door. Wow. And I actually got to the front door and turned back on myself. Wow. Four weeks in a row. And just because it was pure anxiety of like, not being able to deal with a situation that I didn't understand or could control. Crazy. Crazy. When I was in LA, I signed up for a thing called Gym Pass. Oh, no, Class Pass. Right. And you could do as many classes you wanted as a month, in a month. Are we at, uh, a, at a dance studio? No, no. Uh, it's an <coughs> app. It's called Class Pass. It's an app. You can do as many classes you want in a month in, in all different things. Right. But you only get like two in each studio. So say like I went and did boxing. Right. I went and did taekwondo. I went and did uh, jujitsu. I went and did... Uh, kickboxing, I went and did different yogas, I went and did like four different style, different yoga things, did one with a rope, like all these different things like that you'd sign up to and you get it, basically it's like you get free trials, so you can't, u- you can't use it forever, like for that thing, but you get like trials, or you can use it twice a month in that studio. Mm-hmm. And I just went and every day I would try something new and try a different one. They were all physical, yeah, so you could be comfortable. So I there. could so I could have some control and some like sort of comfort, but I tried new I guess skills to see if I liked them and that was actually quite terrifying, mm. especially going and doing the I did a taekwondo one and I walked in and it was all children and women. And right. I was probably the only adult male in there except for the instructor and that was quite daunting. Yeah. Like and they weren't children like little kids, they were like Teenage. teenagers like 14, 15. But I was the only adult male in there besides the instructor. And that was quite daunting because I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm in the wrong place. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't. It was just in the lower, the lowest class. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's like... And I had the, the best time. And they were teaching us how to do, like, falls and do these different roles. And they could all do it straight away. And I was, like... Flapping about. Well, like, in my head, I was like, I'll be able to do it because my body is... My skill set is adapting and learning physicality stuff. Mm. But I had to go wrong three times before I got it right. Yeah. No, I think there is something like there's something to 
stepping out of your comfort zone frequently and happiness mm. and success and blah, 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 blah. I think fucking I, I, sign up for something random. And I think if you're in a rut, if you're in a rut in life, this is a bit of a beeline. If you're in a rut in life, go sign up to loads of random shit and you'll never know where you end up. So they tell you the, the biggest, the best thing I ever overcome was being on my own. Bro. Being on my Come own. Come on now. Let's, we, could, we could do a whole podcast. In being on my own made me unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I moved the other side of the world on my own. Like, I can go to... I, I When I was there, I used to go to the cinema on my own. I used to go hiking on my own. I used to go to parties on my own. I used to go to the pub on my own. Didn't even drink. Just went to the pub to network to see what was happening because it was yeah. something to do because I had nothing to do. Go shopping on my own. Like, being able to do things on your own Makes you unstoppable. Makes you unstoppable. For me, personally, that's what I think. Like, I didn't need a friend to be like, should we go and take this dance class together? Well, should we go to the gym together? I'd go and try all new shit on my own. I went to a comedy night on my own. Mm. I went to my, I went on my own to a comedy club. Yeah, like, brave. I didn't care. Because it wasn't about being with other people. It was about what experiences am I going to get? Yeah, what am yeah. I going to find? What, what am I going to like? And that, that's so, like, the, the reason I didn't go into that, the dance class for four weeks in a row, the one I referenced earlier, because I had no one to go with. Yeah. And if I had someone to go in, it wouldn't have been the same. But the moment I could step into that environment once by myself, I could step into every other environment once mm. by myself. Apart from, like, I was uh, in Malta during lockdown and uh, met this girl on the pub crawl, and she went on holiday by herself. Yeah, my my and Michael Naylor's like, Michael doing it now. I, I got so much time and respect for that. Because like, that I would struggle with. Yeah, Michael Naylor's got go into Portugal. On Which means own. I'm going to have to go do it now. Now that I fucking said it. Fuck well, I, I, would love to, I would like to do it essentially. But if I'm going to go on holiday, I feel like I should go with my partner. Because yeah. <laughs> we haven't been in three years. But like, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a bit of a dumb thing. But Christmas? <laughs> yeah. But like, I, where I think I've lived abroad on my own, I already feel like I've done it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I've achieved that. I feel like I did it on my own. Like, I was always stepping out of my comfort zone there. Okay, so you said earlier, what is the thing that scared me the most, and that'd be it. Go on holiday by myself. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just wouldn't know what to fucking do. Pussy. Uh, yeah, I would say it. What'd you do? Those are things, bro. Cause that, that's, all that the is... things that you would do if you had someone with you. Yeah. No, I need to Like, do... meet new people. But I think... You'd be you'd more likely meet new people on your own than, than you, you would do if you were with someone. Yeah, and that's that's the bit that's hard to conceptualize. Is there? Is because that... someone else who's on their own you'll end up talking to or there'll just be two people in you and they'll ask you a question because they'll feel comfortable. Yeah. Not necessarily you feel comfortable to ask them something. They'll go, hey, you're on your own. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, and that's how it'll spark. Uh, that, and the idea of walking into a, a bar by myself, like, scares the shit out of me. Because really? the, 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 the way we met this girl was, it was me and my brother, uh, was, it was an organised pub crawl. So mm. you sign up and you pay like 20 bucks, whatever it is and, you go on a pub crawl together and she went by herself and I was like, yo, that's so brave. Sick. But it's because my experiences doesn't, my social experiences doesn't tell me that I would be capable of doing that. Of dealing with that situation because I haven't got the volume behind me. Mm. Which all goes down to volume. Mm. Okay, so that's our new, that's our goal. Send me a, send me a pool by myself. <laughs> no, to, just to, for us both to try and step out of our comfort zone yeah. more. Okay, so what are you going to do? I don't know, I'm not really going to public speak in front of people about shit I don't know, because when, when would I do that and where? I'm going to stand outside Regent Street so. and be like, guys, the Bible says, <laughs> like, I have no idea. The Bible of dance, bro. Two step, thou shall two step with mine, mine could be like, mine could be like dance stuff. 
that would be out of my comfort zone. Like going to a contemporary class, going and taking ballet. Yeah, I fucking hate it. And I think you should do something completely not dance related. Okay, what? I don't know. Like stand up comedy. Are you, go on, because actually, you, you we've spoken about this before. I think you should go do a stand up comedy at a pub. Alright. Would you do it? Yeah. Would you? I'm coming. Hundred percent. No Would one's it? no one's coming. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> I'm doing it on my own. No, I'm coming. No, I'm doing it on my own. No, I I think that would terrify me. But I could do it. Yeah. Okay, what should I do? Fuck. <laughs> I don't want to do this. You I can't should. go on holiday by myself. I haven't, you got should. The, I haven't got the time for that at the moment. Just go to London for your, on your on your own for the day. Go to London. And not see your friends. Okay. And go and take a dance class. And dance in groups. Fuck. Fuck. If I get chosen in groups, I'd have to roast that. Yeah, you will. I believe in you. I believe me too. We'll give you a class with the teachers that you don't know. So there's no familiarities. You can't be like, oh, it's cool. It's John. Like, <laughs> we've met before. Okay. Fuck. You can go and do Lisa's heels. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> you've met her, so it doesn't count. Yeah. She probably won't recognize me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be wearing a wig. Yeah. A Jacqueline and full flow. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I do stand-up comedy teaching class. Because <laughs> I'll tell a joke in the first class and it hits hard. Until you say the second and third. The next five. Hold that shit in, and sometimes I deliver it differently, and it doesn't land. And I go, "Oh, learning." Okay, all right, let's do it. Do it by the end of twenty twenty-five. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Wait, wait, what? What? Twenty-five? Wait, hey, hey, dope." So, moral of the story, peeps: step out, step, step out, out your comfort, comfort zone, and go and check out our podcast we did on the capsule on their one-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Oh, blah, blah, blah. and shout out to Jenny because she was hilarious. Jenny was mad funny. Jenny was mad, and make sure you watch Luke's. Like the capsule after it, because yeah. Jenny, Jenny, make you giggle. <laughs> anyway, peeps, one what love. Bah! Don't forget to subscribe on everything. <laughs> Just type in the ins and outs and everything. Bah!